And welcome back to Hey on Track Frankfurt, the Bootsleaf podcast covering everything there is known in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, best club in Germany, best club in Europe, best club in the world for that matter. But we're a little bit biased. I am your host, Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. More importantly, follow the show on Twitter. That is at HEFPod. Follow us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash HEFPod for all the latest Eintracht news in the English language, all in one convenient location new episode drops as well go there first and uh you can always uh drop us an email that is hey eintracht frankfurt at gmail.com so if you're wanting to get your beer uh some little notoriety from some absolute alcoholics look no further than hey eintracht frankfurt all right so had a fun weekend uh I note the sarcasm uh, <laughs> with the Eintracht as the Eintracht Total Werder Bremen. Here to talk about that and more Eintracht Frankfurt news is Chris in Detroit, the Motor City. How are things uh, in the cold? Uh, it's a balmy 36 here. The temperature is not the issue. Um, I feel like we need some Sarah McLaughlin commercial music like that ASPCA stuff. Uh, that's our lives right now, but Hey, so is the life for the moody diva. Wow. You're making me feel bad that I'm sitting in a 56 and sunny. We'll get there. Give us a couple <laughs> weeks. Uh, you know, uh, it could it could be a lot worse. We could all be suffering from all sorts of issues that our friends to the south had to deal with because you know uh, they don't know what the heck this thing called insulation is. Uh, to all home builders in, deep in the heart of Texas, you have our sympathies and uh, hope that everyone in Texas is surviving. Uh, that being all said, now that the big freeze is over, uh, so is the Eintracht winning streak. Um, Eintracht's undefeated streak stops at 11 matches played. We had one each of our last five matches, and then we ran into Werder Bremen, and they punked us. Um, 2-1, we opened up the scoring, and... Man, oh man, it felt like when Andre Silva uh, headed home that cross from uh, Kostic, I was like... Oh, baby, we are back. We're kicking ass. We're taking names. Ended up being, you know, like, things just started evaporating bit by tiny bit as you saw wave after wave of attack. Uh, Salase on the right getting past Kostic. I mean, this is all... That dude's like 34, 35 years old. Rashitska at the very top was, you know, giving us all sorts of troubles. The defense just had a bad day. And, um, yeah. You know, sucked. the way things started, uh, Silva's goal in the ninth minute, you're right. It felt like we didn't drop off at all from the last few weeks, uh, minus that second half against Bayern. Um, but Silva is absolutely as automatic as it gets anywhere right now if it wasn't for you know uh Lewandowski down in Munich uh Silva would be by far the runaway best player in the league right now um he's now tied Alex Meyer uh the football got for the number of goals he had uh when he won the golden cannon back in was that 
14, 15, somewhere around there. Um, he just keeps going and it, you keep waiting for him to fall off a little bit, but he keeps doing his thing. And it's uh, disappointing how we fell off after that one. Indeed, indeed. Um, must be noted, he is one goal away from equaling the uh, single Bundesliga season record for a non-German goal scorer. That is uh, 20 by Yoboa and the 92-93 season. If uh, someone could fact check that for me, that's about as far <laughs> that's about as far back as I can recall for anyone hitting that. Uh, 26 uh, was hit in the late 70s. Uh, God, I know I rattled this off last week, but then again, I had that uh, sitting there waiting for me to kind of read off. But anyway, he's still on a hell of a pace. I'll find it back again. We'll get we'll we'll get to you know some of the other things that are positive from this match. Um, no, let's go right to it. Uh, some positivity to take out of this Eintracht versus Werder uh, match is the fact that you know the attack still kept going. Um, you know, Kostic does what Kostic does. He was, to me, still one of the players that, even when the match had long since gone south, he was still uh, busting his ass. And you could look at some other players on the pitch for the Eintracht, and you're like, okay, where... It's almost like they got hit in the mouth, and they suddenly were... I guess you could almost say that... um, they found someone who was willing to go toe-to-toe with them that they didn't expect. And it's almost like as though they weren't expecting to... I mean, they didn't take it back to the Bayern match. So they knew that they had to have their A game on, and they held on to get the win. You know, they probably looked at Werder Bremen and thought to themselves, mm-hmm. this is a team that we could... You know, we nicked that first goal. We were able to... ah oh, the." The rest will take care of itself. We'll bang in a few others. No. You know, what? Moments after the start of the second half, in mind, the last 15 or so minutes of the first half, they really were going pretty aggressive for the Bremen. You could see, you know, that momentum was changing. And all I could think in my head is all we need to do is just get a goal right before the end of the half, and they are buried. They are buried. They would lose hope, but know what? They they left uh, for their locker room and thought to themselves, you know what? We had a freaking shot off the post, you know, uh, pretty late in the first half, and that you know, and they had a few other close chances that Trap was able to stop, and they thought to themselves, you know what? We can get something here. And guess what they did? So I'll say uh, did what he did. Sargent was waved off sides. How many times before he finally banged in his goal? I mean, as an American, hey, good on you. But just pick someone else to score against was all I'm asking. But look, at the end of the day, um, this was one of those matches that you see from Werder Bremen that you suddenly sit back and say, oh, wow, this is what you could be if you wanted to be and yet like sometimes we'll we have talked this season about how we'll have our good matches then we'll have our bad matches and that 
they usually kind of balance themselves out. Werner Bremen is way, way below uh, performing what they should be. And yet, you know, they find themselves, you know, firmly in the bottom half of the Bundesliga. And it really is regrettable uh, kind of where they're at. Because you, everything points to the fact that they should be, you know, right there with, you know, at least running mid-table. I'm not saying that they're going to be, like pushing for a European spot, which is something that they wanted to do last year until basically all, you know, they just suddenly realized, oh, 15 matches into the season, we're still, you know, in the bottom quarter. I guess that's scrapped. But you could look at them and say, you know what? Properly mid-table to upper mid-table could be possible with this Vertebrum team if they play like they did last weekend and we just happen to have catch them on their very best day and we didn't kind of recover ourselves it's gonna we're gonna have matches like this you know all throughout the remainder of the season and into next season going forward because you know what we don't have the kind of players with the skill level the determination and the just freaking lucky charms that like your Bayern has which is why Bayern has won each of the like every single title since the 2012-2013 season when they won their treble. They have won everything since. And that is just kind of ingrained into their DNA just to win. And, uh, hey, we need a little bit more oomph to be able to get there. And now, as the table sits, um, with us dropping our points, uh, Borussia Dortmund winning against Bielefeld uh, at the weekend. So that puts us just three points above them, but they have a better goal difference. So what if... Okay, then you have to start questioning. What happens when if... Eintracht falls the fifth. Well, guess what? That's your Europa League, unless freaking you know Borussia Dortmund wins uh, the champ. You know that'd be nice if they won the Champions League and finished in fifth. Because then, hey, five teams in the Champions League, great. You know, I'd like us to try and taste what the Champions League is like because I think that sort of money could make the world of difference. Look at the way that once we got some Europa League money, look at the amount of talent that has come into the Eintracht because of winning the Pokal. It's ridiculous amount of, the amount of, of talent that's come through Eintracht because of European participation. And I'd like to keep that going. It's not like we're Leverkusen who has a sugar daddy that can just feed them money. You could say the same thing about Hoffenheim, though I kind of wonder how much longer uh, that will last once Hopp dies. Just saying, he's old. He's old as hell, and <laughs> I don't, I'm pretty sure his kids want to keep their fortune as much as possible. <laughs> but with the position that we're in, we couldn't ask for a better setup to allow for us to qualify for the Champions League because Borussia Dortmund, they still got and not, well, they played in the Pokal um, today as we record on Tuesday. I forget. They had a 1-0 victory lead at the last, uh, at last check by me. So, um, but you know, for us, we're still all we have to do is focus on the Bundesliga. Guess what? Leverkusen, they're in a t- kind of a tailspin, which does help us. But they've already gotten knocked out of the Pokal. Uh, they've already been knocked out of Europe. So they could turn around and start putting pressure on us. 
outside of that, then it's more... I'm pretty sure European qualification... I and I'll let this be the end of the rant. I think that European qualification were extremely well-placed to get. Um, it's just not certain of which one we'll get because I don't think that Union, like Union Berlin has just kind of been just treading water. Freiburg, they have spurts where they gain a bunch of points and then fall back. Gladbach is on, is in a drunken stupor and can't seem to figure out what the hell to do with themselves. And then, you know, uh, shoot, Gladbach lost today uh, to Borussia Dortmund in the the Pokal. So you know that's one team that uh, is going to be that's that's a team that's already in the top five right now. So uh, that qualificate that win the Pokal for a team like Dortmund that just means that the uh, Europa League group stage then falls to sixth place with seventh place getting the Europa Conference thing but for me we gotta focus renewed focus every single match day and uh i'm not giving up on this team it just eventually you're gonna have an off day it happens they do why do you think that uh uh it's so uh, impossible for teams to go on such long stretches uh without having to oops well you know what there was something that um, we wanted a good ramp, by the way. I like the way you took that. Um, <laughs> I have a concern, and it's been brought up for weeks and months prior to this match, uh, but it reared its head again. Um, apparently, Adi Hooter and his staff has no idea how to make halftime adjustments. They, they Once again, we were struggling late in the first half. Same thing that happened against Bayern the last few minutes that week. We, we, you know, we, we play great for 20, 30, 35 minutes, and then all of a sudden we start to struggle. So that's when you need your tactical adjustments. Uh, maybe you don't have to bring on multiple subs, maybe one at the half, shore up something that you didn't like, wake up somebody by pulling them off and saying, hey, get your head out of your ass. But that didn't happen again. And we paid the price just two minutes into the half. Um, and Part of that is the other, the other negative that I took out of this match, besides the lack of adjustment. Uh, Hinty was out of position on both goals, and it wasn't that he was wildly out of his area, but twice he got pulled too far to the wrong side and left his his man either unmarked or or in the case with Kostic, uh, too much space for him to recover and help out. But Hinty is too good. He's been too solid for me to get on him too much. Um, but for how good our defense was the last few weeks that we, we barely talked about them, um, I have a lot of concerns because Bremen, while they have a little bit of talent, um, they shouldn't have been able to run around us the way they did. The way Sargent got in alone and put a nice shot in the corner. Look, a team goes offsides as much as Bremen was doing. They're, yes, they're caught off sides, but they're exploiting the room you're giving them. And they'll take those chances. They'll go off, so off sides two, three, or four times because eventually they're going to time it right. And we got burned by that. So we got to shore up the defense. We have to make halftime adjustments. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it. this was not the worst match of the season. Uh, we knew we were never going to keep up the level of play we did the previous few weeks. 
but the way in which we we collapsed and then failed to recover and you know the the uh just the bad body language bug it crept back in again and that's something we hadn't seen a lot of isolated things here or there but after that first goal from Verta Bremen the body language told me we're screwed and ultimately that's what happened and i think we all kind of sat back and and saw it coming because they did not look like they were interested in being in that fight so that's all i got on that one that's true it's true. Well, anyways, um, I think we've rattled on enough about Eintracht versus Werder Bremen uh, to last most people a lifetime. Um, let's talk about something a little bit more on the positive side. Um, something before we get back to the negative stuff. <laughs> <laughs> There's more. Um, so, <laughs> club president Peter Fischer um, has signed uh, once again make moves to within the club. Uh, so uh, he signed a declaration uh, set, originally set up by uh, El Freunde magazine to encourage uh, coming out within German professional, the professional football. So again, uh, the club kind of leading the way with, you know, Nazis rouse, then, you know, remembering uh, the Hanau victims. And now, uh, you you know now saying ihr kommt auf uns zahlen uh, you can count on us uh, in terms of you know you have our support for you know if you ever decide to come out and I think again Peter Fisher is you know leading the way which you can't say that most of the Bundesliga clubs are doing especially those the further south that you go but we're kind of choosing to embrace the diversity that is within the Eintracht family. And I think that everyone else in the soccer community should be um, taking note on uh, kind of what we're trying to do and should be following in our footsteps of the example that we are setting. Yes. Um, it, soccer is a game for everyone. Uh, it doesn't matter where you come from, who you love, all that stuff. Uh, you should be welcome. I'm happy that the club has has made it a point to emphasize that it's a club for everybody. Doesn't matter what you look like. Doesn't matter who you love. You're welcome at Eintracht Frankfurt, and everybody I know at this podcast supports that position as well. Hundred percent agreed. I think that going forward, uh, more clubs will kind of be as welcoming as well. We obviously are, but hey, you know what? Uh, there's nothing wrong with being the first ones to bring that through. And hey, you know, you gotta, you gotta, someone's gotta set the example, and why not us? That's right. Why not us? All right. That being said, we'll go into our favorite segment breaker. Uh, hashtag what are we drinking? And I will bring it to you, Chris. What are you drinking? I am drinking a lot after that last match and the recent news of the week. Um, but <laughs> today I just cracked a new bottle of Knob Creek smoked maple, uh, Kentucky bourbon out of Claremont, Kentucky. Uh, Knob Creek is popular, but the smoked maple uh, is one of my winter favorites. So fresh bottom, wow. nice, strong smoke. 
I've always liked Banana Creek myself. Um, so to rat out a little bit of my personality that most people probably don't know, um, I've always been a big sh- uh, fan of the show Outlander, and two of the uh, stars have made a little mini series uh, called Men in Kilts as they go across the countryside of Scotland, um, showing off some of the fun portions that are out there. I'm also a major fan, as those guys can be shown in episode one, uh, which is on food and drink, our favorite topics <laughs> <laughs> that are non soccer related here. And it made me uh, I, so for whilst watching that, I. Uh, Cracked open my Glenlivet uh, Founders Reserve. Nice. So, in case anyone is like, okay, where does that fall on that? So, it's about 40%. It's, you know, there's for scotch, you usually don't kind of have like a fruity flavor kind of coming out, but these American. Uh, casks that they're using for this uh, Scottish Speyside uh, whiskey in case anyone is like where the hell is that? It's um, where most of the whiskeys are located. Glen Levitt um, Speyside is uh, whiskey distilleries are located along the River Spey that is in the northeast part of the country. So if anyone watches that show uh, The Queen and they go uh, or uh, no, The Crown. There's also the movie The Queen, which they then also use it. They always go out of Balmoral Castle. It's up in that same regions. A lot of wonderfully beautiful countryside. And they happen to make some of the best drink imaginable. So, that's what I'm drinking. Good stuff. Indeed. Pros to that. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back in a jiffy with second two of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. Well, we will break open the news that is really making us kind of scratch our heads and wonder what's next. So, stay with. Brian and Chris, here we are, segment two, and uh, yeah, we were able to enjoy hashtag what are we drinking because that was to smooth things out. We talked about Eintracht Frankfurt, you know, being involved in the uh, encouraging uh, those to come out. But I think it's time for us to uh, rip open the scab wound that really is out there, Chris. Do you think we can put off this topic any longer? Uh, no, I'm going to have to top off my drink while you introduce it. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So member of the board, uh, director, sport, however you kind of want to word it. Um, it is uh, Freddie Bobich. Um, former. Now, he had the same role with Stuttgart before uh, joining the Eintracht. And he was also on... I guess he had the same sort of role with the team out in Bulgaria. But anyways, uh, 
that was before he went to Stuttgart and was there for quite a few years, about four or five seasons before that finally just all fell apart. Granted, Stuttgart had been cracking out the seams for ages, but anyways, not going to venture too far down that. So um, with a contract that was running until 2023, uh, Freddie Boach has asked to be released from uh, to end his time at his role as the sporting director, director of sport role um, at Eintracht Frankfurt with everything pointing towards him making a move uh, to Hertha Bay SA, a club that he was with at the very tail end of his Bundesliga career. Um... Yeah, so, um, uh, I, you know, look, I always knew that this could possibly happen. I always figured that we would only lose out to someone really big, really massive, like Bruce Dortmund would happen to be the ones who would be knocking on our door to take it. Not Hertha Bayase, a team who is struggling right down there at the very foot of the Bundesliga table. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's going on in the Bundesliga right now. You have... Hertha Berlin at 15 on 18 points. Uh, in 16th, the same amount of points. Worst goal difference is Armenia Bielefeld, who happened to just this week. That uh, uh, most people probably don't even realize this, but on uh, Monday they actually changed. The co- uh, they actually fired the coach and hired a new coach today. Uh, that's kind of all been lost in the kerfuffle of Eintracht news of Schalke Nufia. I mean. It's kind of just a big old mess. And uh, Freddie, look, when he came in, we were worried that uh, things would go to crap. But you know what? During the Bruchhagen era that preceded him, I would have him to say that we very much were always stuck in mediocrity and never trying to be anything more than what we were. And suddenly... You had someone who was willing to take a one or two gambles here and there. You know, we bought Alea, we bought Silva, uh, Rebic, Jovic. He went in on these guys who were... Well, Alea wasn't an underperforming, unproven sort of guy who hadn't been given his big break. Um, we can't, He did look like one who was very much that, hey, we're going to be your stepping stone to something you know, bigger, and we're going to financially really benefit from you down the line we did we ended up making a 30 million i think what was it 30 million euros profit Uh, if only we he could have foreseen that west ham would just not work out oh well (laughs) moving on look freddie leaving for what does expect to be leaving for hertha um he still got a contract until 2023 so um whilst he will be out of his role um, until Hertha Berlin pay Eintracht for his services, he's not going to be able to officially make his move until such time. I mean, I think €2 million Euros is easy, but that's just me. Chris, you need to be running with this real quick. All right. So I don't necessarily care about the financial compensation. It's part of it, but money can't you know, a couple million bucks isn't going to buy us the success that Freddie was bringing. Um, I'm frustrated about it. I'm disappointed, but you know, he has every right to move on if he wants to, to ask to be released from his contract. Um, I think context is important here uh, because, you know, Frankfurt's always been a, a very 
diverse club as far as the roster goes. And for you know more than a decade, we've had 10 or more uh, nationalities represented on the roster. Um, but that that was really like a great thing to present to the world, but it didn't manifest too many great results until Freddie Bobich comes along and he says, I'm going to embrace this and I'm going to find guys that fit that system working together. And, you know, he came in in June of 2016 and the results were uh, almost immediate. You know, the, the run that we went on under him, uh, certainly the, the most excitement I've had in my 25 or so years following the club. But I think, I think as we look at this, it, it stings right now, but there will be, there will be another, you know, name out there, somebody who can, who can fill that role as well as he did. Uh, we just have to find them. And we're in a really precarious spot right now because like I said in a text earlier, you know, we're sticking our foot in the deep end of the pool, um, but we're not really sure yet if we know how to swim. And Freddie Bovich is kind of helping us get into the pool down there and feel safe about doing it. Um, but I want to make sure that if, if we do make this jump, we have the right person helping us figure it out. So I don't want to rush and just pick the, the first resume that we see on the stack because it looks nice. I want to really vet the process and, and vet the right candidate who's going to carry what we're doing and not have to rebuild everything from the start. I would agree. I think having someone who's got the kind of ambition that is uh, that's in keeping with what the club has been doing is incredibly important. I think that when it comes to uh, sporting directors, I mean... There's a couple guys out there who uh, would be interesting. I think going a, going a second time to the well of Young Boys Burn wouldn't be too bad because, <laughs> you know, Hutter helped bring through a uh, new era with the Young Boys, and they finally, finally won the title uh, for the first time in 32 years in the 17-18 season. Uh, then Hutter left for us uh for that um since then they have won the two they have won the subsequent two uh swiss league titles and the swiss cup whilst being able to manage whilst uh, a team that is mostly made up of swiss players and to a team that is participating in Europe every single season, uh, whether it be in uh, Europa League or Champions League, they have very much been maintaining this very solid trajectory. And why not get the same guys who work so well with Hutter to, you know, allow us to make that make that next jump because those guys have been uh, working well in Europe and hey they just knocked out Leverkusen uh just uh on Thursday yeah you know reached the round of 16 of the Europa League which for a Swiss club you know that's a solid spot to be in does Basel do it more often I would say yes but that but 
young boys, you know, are proven that they're just as much of a fighter as you can ask for. And they went toe-to-toe with a Bundesliga club over two matches and were the best team over two matches. So, so why yeah. not get the builders of that? I, for, for example, not saying that is the only uh, that that is the only one. Yeah, uh, Christoph Spiker is the, kind of the front runner right now. I think the familiarity with Hooter is a is a positive thing, but we have to remember as well that the cycle of of managers in the Bundesliga, but in football as a whole, is really a four to five year cycle max. So um, Hooter being in year three now. Um, not that he's on his way out, but there's valid concerns out there about his style. If it can I mean, work, shucks. the guy went. The guy's a former Eintracht guy himself, and uh, Spicer. And it's probably good to have somebody who understands, you know, the perils of this club. He was here for five years. He wore the armband, um, and he's young. You was know, part he, of the, he wants uh, to establish himself. Runner up. Yeah. yeah, was well, part that, of that runner-up is another run- one we don't want to talk about, but <laughs> but not, like that allowed us to participate in Europe for the first time in ages, and he saw what the possibilities would be with the Eintracht. Yeah. So I think it, like you familiarity said, familiarity is definitely important. I would say huge. I would put it as massively important in this position. There are some clubs but, where it, it's irrelevant; it doesn't matter, you know. But we're not a we're not a cookie cutter club. This is on track. Frankfurt is a whole different beast. And the fact that he was here when he was, and for as long as he was, I certainly welcome looking into it. I just don't want it to be specifically because of his relationship with Adi Hooter. Um, I, I don't want that to be a thing. I remember as a Detroit lions fan of the NFL, I just went through a situation where our general manager brought in his buddy and then refused to fire him. So they both got fired. You know, that, I, I do not wish that on on track Frankfurt. So, yeah. Well, I would say that if we want to go shopping for uh, the next sporting director, I think we just need to look to a certain country just to the west for us to start picking guys off. Because if there's one thing that uh, COVID has got us in a position to do, it's if we, you know, with European qualification for next year, guess what? Next thing. <laughs> no, I'm not taking the job. No way. Uh, I don't think that uh, I don't think anyone wants me in charge of the club. But look, I'm looking over to France for that next big idea sort of guy uh, because the TV deal that was supposed to make you know the French club scads of millions more uh, euros. So with the fallout of their TV package, we would have. That we'd be able to knock on so many of those clubs, and they're going to be like, "Okay, our sporting director, okay, yeah." And I look at that as you know, good squad builders who uh, are able to take a club and you know make some moves uh, when it comes to the Eintracht. Um, I'm thinking. Whoever I, I can't remember what the guy's name is, um, but perhaps if, if we want to go that route, we can go after Lille. Uh, 
and France knock on that door. Really, right now, the France league, French league is kind of interesting if you look at the top four. And now they only had three Champions League qualification spots in that league. But, you know, uh, it's a four point gap between Lille in first and fourth place Monaco. And yes, PSG is not in first place. They're just in and amongst that. So someone who would know that league that's a league that has been well mined by us for talent and that would be another league that uh i would be okay with us kind of what pillaging would that be the right way to look at it you know a league that understands that hey you might be a big club but you might also understand that uh i mean we can do Someone who would be ambitious enough to satisfy the hunger that has been developed by the Eintracht fans. And, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe we're able to get someone a little bit bigger. I don't know. Well, at this point in time, I think what we need is someone with just as much ambition, but also... Just someone who is able to recognize value uh, for what it's worth. And that's going to be a hard thing to do. But I think based on the way that we finish this year in the league, we'll dictate how good we can uh, get for uh, the next director of sports or director kind of role. Uh, just as long as it's not Jurgen Klinsmann, because <laughs> I swear to God, if you, if I didn't know that you were joking when I first saw that, I think I would have thrown my phone. I am honestly only half joking. And now I got to put it on air. Cause you, you brought it up. Um, I'm a, yeah, I'm, no, I'm no, 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 no. I'm going to lay you. I'm going to freaking lay you open. I've cracked open the <laughs> the shell that you would have hidden under and I'm leaving it all bare all right. uh, for you to be picked over. If you told me he was going to be our coach, I would say go to hell and I'd sell all my jerseys right now. Um, but as an evaluator of talent and especially young youth talent looking to make their move up, uh, he he's a good evaluator of talent. He's a shitty coach. That's the, the long and the short of it. Um, I wouldn't mind just throwing feelers out there. He's probably comfortable on the beach in California, but you mm. know, he also understands the international market. He speaks like five languages fluently. That's an advantage. Um, I see the pros to it. I see the cons to it. I just choose to ignore them. Well, I mean, could we go the Belgian route? I mean, there's got to be a reason why Club Brugge uh, in Belgium has been able to just consistent has really kind of turned things around and has been a solid winner consistent in making the Champions League group phase, even getting through qualifiers. I want a little, I want a little something like that because you don't. Uh, you don't kind of recruit in a league like that and are able to go up against the big boys. Just saying. I mean, there are other options out there. I guess we could go with Holland route, but then you're kind of, I think you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel when it comes to Holland. Cause you know, there's only one, there's only one, uh, squad planner that I would want and we can't afford him. Yeah, that's true. Uh, from the hall, from the Dutch league, uh, and if anyone who knows who I'm talking about uh, recognizes it, then you'll just be nodding your head and saying, "Yep, that ain't happening." So, 
<sighs> I think we've kind of picked over this one. Uh, there, there's going to be a lot more developing the next few weeks. So it, it, hopefully there's no decisions made yeah, quickly. I mean, and this is mm, something that we can listen to develop. I hope so. Cause there's, uh, uh, there's a, I think it sucks that we're in our position where we're at, but you know, I'd like us to find, uh, Look, if we need to find that next young uh, director who actually has, do we look? Do we want a safe pair of hands? Do we want someone who's young and overly ambitious, but you know doesn't have a lot of experience? What do we want? Because I know what I want, and I want someone who is showing themselves as as ambitious in an upwards trajectory. That does mean that we will have to pay, though. Yes. And the question is, are we are we going off the grid to get someone at a great price with a tremendous amount of upside? Um, but if things don't work, we tumble back down. Or are we looking someone to hold us in the annual, you know, maybe in the hunt for Europe, uh, once in a while in the hunt for Champions League? We're not at a point of stability where we're regular European contenders. And, you know, that has to be the next step. So we're going to have to pay either way. But are we paying for someone who's known or are we paying for someone who's up and coming? I I don't Mm -hmm. know. That's why somebody else gets paid a lot more to make that decision because I would probably make the wrong one. Ralph Ranick. There we go. Why not? He's free. Uh, folks, look, I kid. Uh, some other people are probably the very moment that they start uh, listening to this uh, podcast will start just yelling and want to spit in my eye. Sorry, but is, look, this is a uh, track fan podcast for fans by fans. So if you don't like it, you know how to get in contact with us. That's as at H-E-F-Pod on Twitter. And, of course, you can throw shade totally at me. And that is at K-C-S-G-E. And I'll hide Chris until it comes prediction time before I uh, <laughs> out him to the rest of the public. So, okay, we've gone through a lot of board discussions, but that's what a lot of folks want to talk about. Chris, what do the folks want to ask us on the Discord channel? So let's go with a fun one. Uh, It's been a difficult, difficult discussion today. Uh, We have a fun one from Mike in Milwaukee. Uh, We don't bet, but if we did, would you bet on oh once again i lost again here we go um with 11 matches left will luka jovic score more goals or less goals than matches he starts don't include the three he already has will he score more or less goals than matches he starts Mm. you know i think he's going to score more goals than he starts because i think now he hasn't had a chance to uh, he's got the one start under him I think Silva is going to be pretty solid going forward for the remainder of the season unless he gets like some freak accident happen but I think that Jovic is he's overdue for banging in a goal and I think it's going to happen uh, this weekend actually so if you have to uh, throw down you know five bucks on a flyer like that why not? Why not? Anything else, Chris? 
Um, no, but I will throw in there on that front. Um, I was doing some statistical research for our Stuttgart preview, and I was unpleasantly surprised to find out that Luca is our third highest scorer on the year. Uh, having only been here for six weeks, he is third in goals, second on the active roster behind Silva and Bastos, who hasn't been here since January. So who is that? somebody who is stepped actually their ass up. in Belgium at Brugge right now doing yes. well. Yes, so. good friend. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I miss gosh. him too already. So, I can't believe. It. <laughs> yeah, anyone who says that they miss him is uh, someone's drunk. Just saying, <laughs> someone is drunk. Uh, right. So, um, going to some of the Facebook chat that we have. Uh, Matt Ashley asks, "What will the future for Bobich hold?" I think we've kind of mentioned that he wasn't very successful in Stuttgart, and many fans weren't happy when he came here. Most would agree that we are thankful for his service, but are upset that the news is coming out where Eintracht is still fighting for an appearance in Europe next season. True. Uh, will he have success elsewhere? Or will we like? Or will be he struggle like some recent players and managers are looking for in the next step? Well, in case anyone, uh, as I mentioned, Hertha uh, is, is hurting right now. They're in a bad spot. Pal Dardai, you know what? He Hertha looked kind of tough and played kind of tough when we beat them. But not gonna lie, um, I think this weekend they play uh, Augsburg, who is eight points above them. If they don't beat Augsburg, like, I don't know if there's a tiny chance that Freddie will start reconsidering this decision, but Hertha is not far off from the relegation zone, so I think it is going to be rough. Uh, regardless, unless literally Hertha just kind of comes out with something out of their ass. I do like um, the idea of uh, Pinmanga uh, kind of being elevated to the role as well. I guess I kind of forgot about that. Uh, and to that, so I mean, as a Freddy, you know, an in house ready to go. Uh, Freddy replacement. I think that is another one that should be m- mentioned. All right. And uh, other persons who uh, have m- talked about it, uh, Richard in Austin. Um, my comment is that I remember how worried we were when Bowich was hired because of Stuttgart's relegation. Uh, yeah, they were yeah. an absolute yo-yo. They suddenly became a yo-yo club, and oh, they were they were firing coaches like Schalke is this year, of which they have announced their uh, new head coach, who is uh, whose last job was in the Zweite Liga. They are already preparing for second division action. They just decided to clean house. Anyways, got off topic there. Um, while Brooke Hagen's decades-long stability management style arguably sentenced the Eintracht to mediocrity, true story, there was little to suggest but which would do any better. He simply surely surprised to the upside. Still, the blueprint now exists as well as the results of the buy and experience, train them up, sell them on approach to financial stability, which we're uh, sitting prettily on, unlike some other teams in the Bundesliga, uh, one of which we just played at the weekend. Just saying, they are actually hurting right now, and unless they qualify for Europe via the Europa League, Rajitska will be sold, guaranteed, this summer. The question is only where. Anyways, <laughs> uh, Bo should be commended for his interaction with football. 
football's governing bodies, and redistribution of television revenues. His record at Eintracht is bound to make him interesting to other clubs. I wish him well. We'll be fine. I do agree with that, uh, Richard. Uh, I do think that we are going to be good going forward. We're in a better position than we have been in a very long time structurally. We have a lot of things going for us in the future. We have the right binds uh, upstairs who are not, you know, worried about us finishing minimum 15th every single season. (sighs) Those days were mentally draining. You had the passion and love of a crowd that wanted, that would fight, that would push these guys on when let's be real Spicer when he was on the club's roster the teams were only mediocre at best let's be real and the team has shown in the last couple of years to be anything but we're pushing harder during the co- during Kovac's two season full seasons in charge think of how high up the table we got at some points we ended uh who remembers when we beat Gladbach? I think it was a 2-0 victory over Gladbach at home on a Friday night. And suddenly, we jumped over everyone in the table. It was still early in the season. Two, like I think it was like November time. And suddenly, for the briefest of moments, we were in first place. Granted, that didn't last. But the fact was, we constantly were still finishing mid-table and above. Season in, season out. When that would have been so much more desirable five years ago. When we went from being sick, you know, comfortably mid-table... Um, as we went into the winter pause and then the freaking sky fell in on us. And I think we earned like less than 10 points uh, for the rest of the spring and Skippy was fired. Couldn't figure it out. And voila, we were relegated. Those days are still live long in my memory, but Bovich to me, he did there, I will be able to say nothing but good things about him. He was given the opportunity at a club that uh, big club like Stuttgart, but one that didn't have a basket case going on upstairs, and that's what allowed him to be successful. And uh, that's why we are where we are. I just hope that he knows what he's doing when he does make the move to Hertha official, and that Hertha throws us a few million euros at that. Well, let's just remember one thing. I mean, we beat this horse long past dead, but um, let's remember one thing. I don't think Bobich intended for this news to come out the way it did. Uh, he's no. been nothing but the absolute professional uh, for the last three years here, four years here. Um, so I don't think this was on him. It'll be interesting to see what the story is when it comes out. Um, this definitely is not the way he wanted to leave the club. I'm certain of it. So while it stings right now, it feels like we've been, you know, we've been uh, taken advantage of. I don't lay this on him at all. And you said it. I'm only going to remember the good things from this time because minus, uh, you know, a little blip here or there, it's been only good things. So that's it. That's as far as we're going on that subject. Agreed. So Eintracht and Stuttgart face off against each other coming up this Saturday. We're a part of the the main kickoff time on the early Saturday kickoff 
And so where can you find that? That is going to be found in the Caribbean region on flowsports.co and the Flow Sports app. You can find us in Australia. That is BN Sports Connect and KO Sports. Of course, you can find us in Canada. That is Sportsnet World Now and Sportsnet Now. So streaming options there in the United States. That is ESPN Plus, the streaming option. And Switzerland, Sky Sports, Bundesliga 4 and 1. And you can, uh, same thing for in Austria and in Germany. And our friends uh, who are also down under uh, New Zealand, that's BN Sports Connect New Zealand, where you can find it there. Um, I've yet to find anything for Ireland and the UK, uh, so we'll, uh, if you need to know a little bit closer to time, perhaps that will become available to us. So, uh, it's time to look at Eintracht versus Stuttgart. Uh, where are they at in the table, you may ask? Um Currently sitting on 32 points in 10th place. You know, they're not too far back from the European chase, but, you know, five-point gap between themselves and Leverkusen in sixth still is something uh, to try and tackle uh, in terms of trying to climb up from that. Just saying. Uh, so at the weekend, in case you were unawares, um, they put a 5-1 dropping on Schalke. That kind of triggered all hell to break loose in Gelsenkirchen, but, I mean, shoot, at this Again. point in time. Um, yeah, 9 points, 23 matches played, 11 matches to go. Are you really expecting them to get out of it? Uh, no. So, at this point in time, I think everything has been said that needs to be said about Schalke. Stuttgart is a team that, um, when they get going, they're actually quite interesting to watch. Um, I kind of wonder... Though considering uh, the guy, considering who was on the bench and who wasn't playing, it's something to to think about because they've got a couple guys that can really bang in the goals, but you know that wasn't they weren't really kind of fielding everyone that they 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 looked half cooked. I mean, uh, as a team for the players that were out there, but dear God, I mean they just. They just destroyed Schalke, and I kind of really am salivating over the eye, over the thought of playing those guys. That's going to be fun. Just, just saying. Um, some fun stats about uh, the last couple meetings uh, between the Eintracht and Stuttgart. So who can forget that two-two draw during our horrible run of draws last uh, during the fall? Ugh. Um, I will say that Stuttgart has not found it easy. Uh, last season, they lost both matches 3-0. Uh, excuse me, the 2018-2019 season, they lost them uh, both 3-0 as Stuttgart ended up getting relegated. And uh, yeah, the season before that, who can forget the scissor kick goal by Alea uh, to win that one over Stuttgart 2-1. to That was... To me, that was the one of the best goals of the Bundesliga season that year. We we just there's a lot of goals that get scored in this match, and you know, hey, we're playing at home. Uh, we won our last five at home, and we scored. You know, enough. We score goals. Should be able to score enough to keep at these guys, and we, you know, we've been over. 
like nearly averaging three goals a match until we played Werder Bremen. So I think the hiccup is uh I'd like to hope that the hiccup is over, but look, um, we'll see what we'll see because as Mike Tyson said, you always have a game plan until you get punched in the mouth. So um, <laughs> I'm thinking this one will be actually enjoyable to watch and we have to go in knowing that, look, uh, we might get punched in the mouth and we might lose, but then again, we might punch them in the mouth and we might kick their ass. Interesting. Um, I, I think they're dangerous. I've, fear this game a lot more than I feared Bremen last week. Um, it's a little deceiving on the scoreline because of the way they beat up Schalke, but their their goal line is 44-4, uh, 36 against for a plus 8, and sitting at 10th in the table, um, shoot, when we were down there, we were happy to be at minus 2. So, you know, if, for perspective, we only have 46 goals on the season and 32 against for a plus 14. So as far as production, they're not that far behind us. Um, Granted, they just went plus four against Schalke, so it's a little skewed, but they're a dangerous club, and they have eight eight draws on the season. We have nine. They're kind of stuck in that same situation where they take points out of matches they should have lost, which was kind of our trademark for a while. But then they'll lose 3-0 to Bielefeld. Yeah, well, we, you know, didn't exactly play well against them our first time around. True. Um, Juan Mangatuka is a guy who kind of is a speedster who scares me a little bit. He was not playing last week. Um, I'm not sure if that was down to injury or not, but that's a guy who I would want to, uh, I would want to shut down if at all possible. That plus Kalajdzic, uh, both are in to, uh, double digits on goals scored. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a uh, quite. He's another interesting. Weirdly, another interesting um, Austrian uh, who's kind of come through. And you know, hey, he's he did pretty well last year uh, for Stuttgart when they were in the second division. Uh, directly after his move um, from. Oh, the Austrian league and you know he's granted look this team creates a lot of goals they've got some other uh, names out there Daniel Davi still there Gonzalo Castro is there I mean this is a team that does have weapons they look dangerous but I still think that uh, we've shown Especially with uh, once, if we put Hasebe back, I think in his Libro defensive midfielder position, I think that might almost stabilize the issues that we had when we were facing up against Bremen. I think that will make our midfield just a little more robust and pushing uh, Stuttgart to try and play properly out wide. Now, look, they got Bremen had a few moments of luck, but I think. Look, we got stretched just a little bit, and if we had been a little bit more firmer in the central midfield, I think we would have been able to handle things. But with Indica coming back from suspension, we should be all right for that. So I am feeling positive, Chris. So I think it's time to throw out our predictions, unless you have any more nuggets of information to throw at us. No. Um, one thing I will put out. Okay, yes, one thing I will put out. 
Um, looking at the heat map from the last match, we did not push a lot against Dukart. Uh, we attacked when we had opportunities. Uh, we did not sustain pressure deep in their end. And that's something we've done well, even against good clubs for the last month. So I want to see us more so than the first matchup push the play instead of being more reactive like we were the first time around having to come from behind. So yes, predictions. Yeah. So, um, I think with Indica coming back, we'll move has, uh, has back to his more midfield role, which has just been doing so well. I think that the Eintracht will come away with a, uh, three, one victory. All right. Um, Fortune, I think, will feature, uh, favor the bold, though I do believe that uh, Stuttgart will have more scoring opportunities than us. We will just get lucky. I believe, like you, that we're going to come out a little more focused uh, after the letdown. Um, I think the the secondary scoring that we – or the secondary – pressure that we saw against Bayern, like Jonas and um, and uh, Eric Durham pushing up a lot more than usual. I think we're going to see that again because it was successful. There's no reason not to do that. I see us scoring two and Stuttgart one, and then we're all happy after a really long emotional week. Oof, long one indeed. All right, you can follow the podcast at uh, Pod, uh, facebook.com slash Pod for all the latest news and information covering the Eintracht all in one uh, cohesive spot. Though, uh, Chris, I do think that uh, we are forgetting something that has just dawned upon me. Sorry. Uh, for folks who are probably yelling and screaming at us right now, um, get, can you guess what we probably what we forgot today? What did we forget? Defrauen. We did, and I wrote it down here. Um, so it was yeah. It so was Chris, give us, a- give us what. So we had a, a we were supposed to play Duisburg at the weekend, and uh, yeah, apparently that was uh, called off because of. Uh, COVID. More COVID-related stuff, yeah. um, which is hilarious considering the news that was coming out of Texas earlier today. Uh. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> so it, it's, it's been a little bit of a mess um, in the Frauen Bundesliga. They were on an international break, and then they came back, and now players are testing positive. Games are getting canceled. Uh, so that cost us the match against Duisburg, but we did play a test match over the weekend. The score was about 30,000 to zero over uh, Würzburg. It was a slaughter of like Titanic proportions. It was uh, ridiculous. Friend of the show, Laura Frangang had like 37 goals by herself, but no, seriously, they, I mean, it was a test match. You're not taking a lot against a second vision club. You're not going to read too much into it. I was following mm-hmm. on Twitter and online. I did not see the video. Um, but it's good to get those legs going when you have an off week because they're back to league play again. And we need to bump, bump ourselves up the table a little bit. They need to find a run of wins here. 
Yeah, because they were they should be on fourteen matches played. Just should play Duisburg uh, at the beginning of February. That got postponed and it got postponed again for this weekend. They also had Issen's match postponed, so that's been moved to uh, in March. So yeah, the match at this weekend versus Hoffenheim. Well, sorry for kind of leaving the ladies out of it, but uh, when you just keep on getting the postponements, it's hard. I will admit it's kind of hard to keep track of all that action. So uh, Eintracht versus Hoffenheim will be this Sunday, uh, March the 7th. So here's hoping that the the Frauen will be able to get some stuff going, but I have not got a link for that match. So that is that for the Frauen. Chris, where can we find you in the social media landscape of the world? I am on Twitter at CNTheD313 and our Discord channel where I know I'm going to catch a lot of hell for my Jurgen Klinsmann comments. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure if you put that on, on Twitter and to, to the masses, the USMNT crowd would slaughter you. Anyways. <laughs> I, you know what? Uh, you I'll can take those uh, American outlaws any day. We'll talk yeah, real soccer. I'm pretty sure you, I'm sure you can take them. I'm sure you can take them. Uh, you can call me. You can find me on Twitter at KCSGE and also at KCSGE on our Discord channel as well. Again, uh, at Pod on Twitter is where you can find us. And we're on all your basic platforms for podcasting, whether that is uh, Apple or Spotify. We got you covered. So from all of us here at Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, Thanks for giving us a listen on this. That was episode 163. And uh, we'll catch you again next week. Until then, uh, stay safe uh, if you have a chance. Get vaccinated so that we can all return back to the stadiums as very fast as possible. And uh, until next time, choose. Hey,